Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Tuesday, March 15th, 2022. Beware, beware, beware the Ides of March. <clears throat> That's a historic reference. That's persisted uh, for a couple millennia now, and we still say it. Interesting, isn't it? Maybe something profoundly true about it, which is the reason why uh, we don't want to forget it. Uh, that's maybe actually an important note to make. I've been thinking about this a little bit. Um, what was I going to say about this? Yeah, I mean, the Jul this was the assassination of Julius Caesar in 44 BC, right? As the Ides March, which was, uh, there were all sorts of Roman um holidays that day holiday for settling debts of course the debt was settled with uh, which was caesar um that sometimes the way people read the bible that's what i was thinking about on the way in this morning they read the bible as um like an aesop fable you know that it has some moral truth to it it has some universal message and that's actually true <laughs> uh, that's not the purpose of the scripture, but it is true that the scriptures teach eternal truths about human nature, about the need for redemption, um, for uh, forgiveness, for grace, for peace, for mercy, um, for justice, for vengeance. I mean, all these sort of ideas are pervasive through the scripture. Of course, they're pervasive to reality, right? And so this is the thing about... Um, the Christian scriptures in particular, is that they don't hide from reality. They actually fully confess what is true and what is real. Um, whereas a lot of religious texts try to confess something that is not yet, um, but that we hope to be, but it's from the imagination of our own hearts, and that and it never actually becomes real uh, or experienced. Um, a famous religious text would be the, uh, the Communist Manifesto, <laughs> which is a religious text. I, I posted this on Facebook a while ago. Maybe you didn't catch this, but it was the uh, the uh, religious. How was it called? Oh, it was the. Uh, it wasn't called the Communist Manifesto. It was called the Communist Confession of Faith. That was the original title by uh, Ingalls. So it was a confession of faith. It's a religious text. And we forget that. We think it's just like some kind of. Um, dogmatic political text or something, but it was a religious text, right? But it confessed something that is not, but that we hope to be, but we have no basis for that hope because it's not given to us uh, through the revelation of Jesus Christ, but it's from, again, the imaginations and thoughts of sinful humanity, taking God's word and distorting it, right? So this is true for all um, earthly wisdom, as we talked about yesterday, is that uh, it's the blind leading the blind. It's how else does Jesus say it? Um, or as Paul says, looking through a, a glass dimly or a mirror dimly, right? And um, it's what we hope to be, but it is not actually real. Whereas I think uh, the Christian scriptures in particular, um, the New Testament, but Old Testament too, especially, drives us into what is actually, not what we hope to be, but what is actually true, right? And we're going to deal with that today um, as Jesus confronts the grave of Lazarus, right? He doesn't avoid it. He doesn't act as if it's not true. Right. We'll see how that plays out. Okay, so there's your little preface to help you get ready to pray today. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right. We say our memory verse. Uh, Let's put that up on the screen so you can see it. There we go. One thing I have asked or desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 24, verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 24, verse 4. All right. Now, if this is a confession of the Christian church, which it is, of course, the house of the Lord, um, what is the beauty of the Lord? That's Jesus forgiving sins. That's him delivering his gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation. That's Christians being gathered and ordered together into community by the Holy Spirit. That's what beauty is. It's beautiful. I mentioned that on Sunday as I look out at the congregation, you know, a well-tended um, garden tended by God's word, by the work of the Holy Spirit, right? And then I joked, you know, that, uh, you know, since we have pews, that that we've been planted in rows. <laughs> but hey, it's a nice image anyway, right? Uh, how beautiful it is uh, when Christians, when brothers dwell together in unity, right? Yeah. All right, let's confess our psalm. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Did a fun exercise with the children. I don't know when they learn um, prepositions or parts of speech, um, but <laughs> we talked through the prepositions, right? In his sanctuary, in his mighty heavens, for his mighty deeds, according to his great excellent greatness, with trumpet sound, with lute and harp, with tambourine, with strings and harp, with sounding cymbals, with loud clashing cymbals, right? So we talked about it. In, that's location, in his mighty, again, location, for purpose, his mighty deeds, according to, um, on behalf of, or, or for what reason, his excellent greatness, with means, right? Trumpet, lute, harp, etc. with music. We got to talk Parkinson's speech this morning a little bit as we uh, considered the psalm. All right. Our first reading today is 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. Paradidomi, delivered to you. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, and after that, 
He was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen by James, and then by the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who are, am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, and yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. All right, I mentioned paradidomy to hand over the traditio in Latin, right? The tradition, right? The handing over. Uh, we talked about tradition on Sunday when it came to, um, you know, the traditions of men, um, the uh, religious practices of the Pharisees and how those things are handed over, but they um, sometimes become contradictory, not supportive, but contradictory to God's word, right? At which point they need to be abandoned, set aside. Here, um, St. Paul is confessing what has been handed over to him, that Christ has died for our trespasses, that he was buried, that he rose again, right? He's confessing the gospel is the tradition of the church, right? The handing over. This time, God handing over his son by way of his spirit, who has been testified to by apostles, prophets, etc. Okay? Um, so it's been handed over. And there's a lot of prepositions in there too, right? By the grace of God. Uh, his grace toward me was not in vain, right? Uh, what was the other one I saw? But the grace of God which was with me. Uh, there was another one, but those were notable, I thought. After that, right? Oh, uh, no, those are the ones I was thinking of. All right, very good. Um, a key, the key phrase here, of course, is that um, well, the, the 500, this is the only place this is testified to, the 500 brethren um, who Jesus revealed himself to them after his resurrection, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. Again, that's a euphemism. I'm thinking of Lazarus here. I go to wake him up, right? Lazarus has fallen asleep. In other words, they've died. <laughs> All right, speaking of death and resurrection, here's John 11. So, uh, remember, Thomas said, we go to die with him? All right. So when Jesus came, he found that he, Lazarus, had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about 15 stadia or two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Hmm. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were 
with her in the house and comforting her when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then, when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? All right. (laughs) Cliffhanger. Come back to that. All right. How long had Lazarus been in the tomb when Jesus arrived? What's it say there? Four days. Four days. What does the number four uh, usually remind us? Think throughout John's gospel, actually. Usually pertains to the gospel as it's been preached uh, to the ends of the earth because, of course, sin and death are pervasive through the whole earth, right? Bethany, how far is it located from Jerusalem? Remember, the disciples had warned Jesus not to uh, go to Judea because they were ready to stone him, and now we understand why. Bethany's only two miles from Jerusalem, right? It's from here, (laughs) where I am currently, uh, to the village of Random Lake, two miles, as the bird flies, or as the horse would trot, I guess. Uh, Who came out to meet Jesus? Interesting here. It's Martha first. Hmm. What did she say to Jesus? Very curious. Yeah, if he had been there, her brother would not have died. You see that in verse 21? But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give to you. Whatever you ask of God would be given to him. This um, is a beautiful confession from Martha, right? You can see uh, her being brought to faith by the work of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, as he uh, rebuked her, right? Back as she was laboring and not listening, and now she's listening and confessing. Beautiful. Uh, But this will come up again in the upper room in just a few chapters. Like, say, for example, John 14. Um, This also, also with Thomas, actually is in John 14. Thomas was uh, just in yesterday's text as well. Yeah. To Thomas, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then to Philip, he says, and to the rest, uh, let's see where I want to jump in here. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. All right? So you see the resemblance here, right? When she says, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give to you. And then Jesus says, whatever you ask of me or in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So you see this, again, this is that paradidomy, this handing over, but here it's the the uh, the prayers that we offer to the Son are handed over to the Father. The answer of the Father is handed over to the Son, which is then in turn given to us. Isn't that beautiful? Um, that's what, uh, unfortunately, this word has been co-opted for the use of money, but um, it's what we call an economy, oikonomia. Nomia, I forget what that means. What's an actual, uh, legit definition? Let's see. Let's look it up. I've got fancy dictionaries here. Why can't I do that? Oikonomia. Mia, economia. Uh, I'm not having a hard time finding it because I can't type in Greek. Co, oh, there we go. Oikomai, oi, 
Oikole. That might be oikomai. Yeah, to pray. That's to pray. So an economy is this handing over of prayers. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, so the economy. Um, Let's see. What, what's a good, what's the next? Oh, I was going to read to you John 16 as well. Um, so this is later on. This is again in the upper room discourse. So he's he's conversing with his disciples before um, they go to the to the garden to pray. And then he prays for his disciples, of course, too. Um, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. You know that text? Then later on he says, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to me. Until now you have asked nothing in my name, asking you will receive that your joy may be full. All right. So we have all this asking uh, prayer. All right. Uh, Jesus answer, your brother will rise again. Isn't that beautiful? Right there in verse 23. Your brother will rise again. Uh, but what does she think, Martha, what does she think Jesus is saying? Yeah, that he's talking about the resurrection at the last day. Notice, Martha is a faithful Christian. She's been reading. She knows her um, messianic language. She knows that the Messiah will give eternal life. She knows about the resurrection. Think Ezekiel 37, right, with the dry bones, for example, or um, all the texts from Isaiah. She is faithfully looking to the Messiah who will save her from sin and death, not just from earthly tyrants. Beautiful. Yeah. And then we have an I am statement. We should fix the New King James here. There we go. Add the caps. I am. Jesus says the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Very famous, right? Uh, he who believes in me shall live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Well, hear this at every funeral. Um, in the context of the antiphon for the Nuctimidus, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. How can we depart in peace? In the confession that he who lives and believes in me shall never die. It's lovely the way that uh, Lutheran service book, uh, which is really from the Book of Common Prayer as well, um, has that as the antiphon for the Nuctimidus in the funeral service. Hmm. Um, then he says something curious. He says, do you believe this? Notice that Jesus actually asked this question. Do you believe this, right? Um, it's much like those of you who've taken opportunity so far in Lent to come and confess your sins uh, and receive absolution privately. Um Wednesday night, by the way, you'll note that that's one of the questions in the right. Um, do you believe that my forgiveness is God's forgiveness? And the answer is yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. Well, um, so here, it's the same question. Why would Jesus ask this question? Do you believe this? Yeah. Faith um, is necessary to receive the gifts of Jesus, right? Along with faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, Right. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, right? It's not just baptism, it's baptism with faith, right? And here it's the same. Faith anchored in the word of Jesus clings to those words alone for life, all right? And her confession, amen. Look at that, look at that. I think it actually is amen, let me look. John 11, I think the Greek is amen. It's been a while since I looked at it. John 11, 27. Nigh, actually nigh. Nay, not nay as in no, but nigh as in yes. All right, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen, Lord. I believe hmm, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. So notice here, we learn from Martha that the Christian confession is 
confessing Christ as the Son of God who's come into the world is to confess him as the resurrection and the life, to give resurrection on the last day. Those two things go together. That's what the, the work of the Messiah, the Son of God, is to do. That's why he comes into the world, to give resurrection and life. Uh, well, we saw the same confession, actually, way back in John 6. All right, and that time it was from Peter. Let's see, John 6. Yeah, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So you see, confession of Christ as the Son of the living God is to confess him as the Lord and giver of life by way of the Spirit, right? All right, so then what's Martha do? Yeah, calls um, to her sister Mary, went to call Mary. And uh, what do the Jews surrounding Mary think that she's going to do? It says right here in verse 31, she's going to the tomb to weep there, right? Going out to the tomb to weep. Um, Now, Mary has something interesting to say to Jesus. It's actually just like Martha. What did Martha say? Martha. So obviously these sisters have been talking. (laughs) Back in verse 21, Lord, if you had not been here, or if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Then what does Mary say? Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they're of one mind on this. Um, and Jesus doesn't disagree with her, all right? Where Jesus is, there is life. What did Jesus do when he saw all the weeping, the Jews and and Mary and Martha weeping? Look at this. One of the most lovely sections in the scripture. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled, right? The spirit groans with us with intercession too deep for words. Here it is. Jesus' spirit groaning with word too deep for words, right? When he looks upon or the pervasiveness of sin and death in this world. Beautiful. Uh, whose heart is not to be troubled? Right, His heart is troubled. Whose hearts are not to be troubled? Think of this text when we get to, when we hear of John, later on in John 14, right? When he says, let not your heart be troubled. We'll hear this after Easter, during Easter. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then later he says, and now I've told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Oh, back, go back a little bit. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Right? Why? Because the Spirit has come upon you. The same Spirit that groans here with words, without with uh, intercession too deep for words. So, Jesus asks, after, you know, moved with compassion, where have you laid him? Um, this is going to be important later on. You'll see it with uh, Mary Magdalene, another Mary. She asks of Jesus, where have you laid him? Right? Thinking him to be the gardener. When she talks to him after his resurrection, where have you laid him? Where have you laid him? See? Parallels. Death, resurrection. It's the only story in the Bible. (laughs) Um, Notice what Jesus does, right? Remember, he was troubled in his spirit, uh, groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And now, famous verse, shortest verse in the Bible, they say, right? Jesus wept. Right? We have a we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but who is tempted like us in every way and yet without sin. Right here too, um, he has compassion on the crowds. Right, Jesus sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. He feels the same thing we feel. That's what sympathize means. Nice, true man. How does he feel about death? It causes him to grieve, to weep, and actually do something about it. <laughs> uh, what were the Jews debating? Well, they remarked that Jesus loved Lazarus, but then they wondered why Jesus had not come to heal him. Good 
question, right? Now we already know, because we heard this yesterday, that the glory of God would be revealed. That's what Jesus told us the purpose was, right? It doesn't make this any easier for the people around Lazarus, for Lazarus, obviously, um, but for Jesus too, right? Um, this is kind of a foreshadowing of the, um, the way that he was grieved in spirit uh, when he prays in the garden, right? Or in the upper room with the disciples in John 14 through 17, right? It doesn't make the job any easier knowing what's coming, uh, but knowing what's coming maybe in a way actually makes it harder, right? Um, certainly would give us temptation to flee the suffering that is to come, knowing that it's coming, right? But he, Jesus runs headlong, um, or rather delays, and then walks headlong <laughs> um, into Lazarus' death for the sake of the resurrection and the confession, then the glorification of who he is. More on that on Thursday, actually. Tomorrow we'll talk about prayer some more. Well, Martha is often maligned for her actions told in Luke's gospel, Martha, Martha, here she makes a great confession of faith in Jesus. Just as with Peter, we are to learn that faith in Christ, the Son of God, is a gift from the Father. The question Jesus asks is the daily question of all the baptized. Do you believe that Jesus is the source of all life? I believe in God the Father Almighty. See? Uh-huh. Just as the world was created by the word of the Father, so now the word has taken on flesh to destroy the stranglehold of death on those who believe in the Son who died and rose again. Though death will come upon man's lowly body of flesh, those who live by faith in Christ have life in his name and shall be called forth from the tomb. All right. I realized that uh, uh, we have extra catechism <laughs> for this week. We're only supposed to be doing these three, so I'll bold those out, okay? We'll do the other two texts next week. Say it with me. The Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 14. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Galatians 6, verses 6 through 7. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, Do not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain. And the worker deserves his wages. 1 Timothy 5, verses 17 through 18. Let's pray the collect for this week. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. We pray this day with uh, Jean, who celebrates her birthday, with Victoria, who celebrates her baptism, with the households of our church, especially Jerome, Linda and Monty, Joshua, Eugene, Pastor and Anne. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Bev, Kelsey, Amanda, Dan, Brad, Timothy and Janice, Norn, Merlin, Jim and Mike our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, and Mickey, as well as Paul. The missions of the month, uh, especially this month, Camp Luisimo. We pray an intercession on behalf of our enemies, that is, enemies of the faith, but also our persecutors. And we pray with those grieving, especially the family and friends of uh, Ken Nimmer, especially John and Linda. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, let's sing our hymn for the week. Um, how about we sing the second stanza today? All right. That's, again, the wrong song. <laughs> Bad habits. Uh, there we go. throughout the week. All right, second stanza there. Uh, Let no false doctrine me beguile, right? We don't think of um, Satan's temptations um, as being um, like hypnosis, but I mentioned that in the sermon on Sunday, right? Is that it uh, draws you in and it's um, sometimes akin, uh, likened in the Bible to lust. We'll hear about that tomorrow night uh, in the sermon. Um, but it can also be uh, likened into like a magic spell, right? Oh, that was in the sermon, too, on Sunday. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, you can go and uh, listen to that. Maybe uh, I'll keep flushing it out a little bit as we as we go through the week. All right. 
So, uh, yes, Lord be with you all. Thanks for checking in. I see Grace, Karen, uh, Chris, Don and Karen, uh, Lori, good to have you. Gus and Eileen, my Aunt Nancy there, Tim as well, our neighbor. Yeah. Good to have you all here with us today for the Congregation of Prayer. You can join us again tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Uh, Lord bless you this day and uh, well, start to warm up, huh? Okay, we'll see you soon.